Uh, there was a date for though. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you guys watch? The nine eleven remake. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Welcome back to the Netflix Book Club podcast. I'm Mike Two. We joined always my co-host here. Hey, everybody! I'm Dennis Rooney. Who is it? Very whimsical. Ooh, I'm Dennis Rooney today. Dennis Rooney's here. We are the Netflix Book Club podcast. This is episode one. 25. I like the bookkeeping, Michael. I like the bookkeeping. How are you doing today? People like to know which number of the podcast it is. I think some of our more anal listeners. <laughs> it's important to them. Got anal in in the first 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> the first 30 seconds, I got anal in. Appropriately, too, I think. Kind of, sort of. It's like a bookmark. People like to know. You're right. I like to know. Yeah. Yeah. We've episode been cruising along now. 125. I feel like episode 100 was like last month. Oh, we are flying through. Yeah. Just cruising on by. What else? What better to do in this simulation we're living in? Yeah. Summer's over. Yeah. Well, not yet. We got a little bit of time. Tomorrow. Tomorrow's Labor Day. That's officially the last day of summer, they say, right? I think it's sometime in mid-September. I think if you go by, like, science, it's mid-September. But if you go by societal I follow norms, the science. <laughs> you follow the science? I'll follow the science off a cliff. That's what I've always liked about you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> See, this guy will follow the science anywhere. <laughs> Um, yeah, we, what was our big summer blockbusters this summer that we watched? I guess, uh, day shift day shift. Baby Fox. No, what was the one with Ryan Reynolds in a spaceship? Oh yeah. The gray man, Mr. Gray man or whatever. No, it wasn't gray man. Ryan Reynolds and uh, lightsabers from space. Oh yeah. That was a blockbuster. What the, was the name of that movie? Very forgettable is the name of that movie. <laughs> Damn it. It was okay. I remember us saying, we're like, yeah, it's fine. It had all action. those rock and roll songs. Yeah, it was Guardians of the Galaxy deluxe light version. Yeah, I shouldn't have brought it up. No, nah, they know what it is. They know. I guarantee you people know what it is. They know. And they're agreeing. They're like, yeah, that movie wasn't that great. It's forgettable. Well, can't well remember. oh, The Atom Project. The Atom Project. The Atom Project. Bad name. Found it. Bad name. Thank God I have my notebook. Thank God you have your little... <laughs> Simpsons notebook with all your movie notes. Yeah. Well, listen, we have a lot of, uh, we do a lot of pre-show prep. Yes. Because we take this podcast very seriously. You know, you're. I feel like you're being a little sarcastic, but I doubt there's many podcasts that two hours at least to well, prepare because we're watching a movie. Luckily, my sarcasm is so dry, most people don't even get it. I, I still <laughs> sometimes, you'll say something, and I'm just like, I don't know what's going on in that maniac's mind. Oh, God. Was that a pun? You've got, you've got violence in your eyes, Mike. Why is he crying? <laughs> Do you know why I say that? You have violence in your eyes? Was that a line from the movie we watched this week? That's what the director said about the star of this movie, Woody Harrelson. Ladies and nice. gentlemen, Netflix Book Club, episode 125. We went classic with this one. Nineteen, the year's nineteen ninety four. Throwback. The movie's called Natural Born Killers. Badass. It's a badass title. Mickey and Mallory Knox embark on an interstate killing spree that triggers a violent pursuit and garners high ratings for a tabloid TV star. Now I know you haven't seen the movie, but I'm just going to mention it right now. Network has Who now? had network. The movie Network. What's that? Has these themes where it's, you know, the, the ratings for blood. Yeah. If it bleeds, it leads. Type feelings, yes. As they say in Nightcrawler. Exactly. So there is that kind of a theme that go, that's going on. The overarching maybe uh, story here, other than the ultraviolence. Yeah. Well, it kind of, it's tied in with the ultraviolence. Yeah. That you can get a lot of TV, uh, you, you can, it's provocative. I feel like this movie almost poses itself as like an action thriller when really it's a lot more artsy than 
going in, it wound up being a lot more artsy than I thought it was going to be. Right. It's like violent for violence's sake at times. The comedy, which is, there's a lot of point, yeah. points that are to be funny, but it's very kind of, I don't know what the the right way to describe it is over the top. They're definitely over the top. Certainly over the top. Cartoon-esque. I'd yeah. Say. Cartoonish and ultra violent. It's critiquing certain things about America while also totally leaning into those things. Right. I guess you'd call that. Yeah. Iron purposeful ir- irony, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It's a little, yeah. Well, that's what it, I mean, it's a controversial movie. I, it is a controversial movie and it tries to be provocative, but it's like, it's trying the whole time yeah. to be provocative. Some might say too hard. Yeah. It's a definitely on the nose. It's one of these movies that's almost makes you a little uncomfortable while you're watching it. I definitely got uncomfortable during some parts. There's as anxious parts and there's also just like this. I wish they were doing th- I wish this would be over with whatever's happening. Yes. A movie that's like that. Um, oh, what the hell? Reservoir Dogs. With all the screaming at times, it can get very like it's, it's uncomfortable to sit through. A better film, in my opinion. Yeah, I liked Reservoir Dogs more than this. I thought you said it earlier off off mic, but um, you alluded to uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Sure. Definitely vibes of that, where it's just like... In the desert, doing drugs. Things should be going way more wrong than they are, but everything, they're just cruising from town to town, like, you know, from that, situation to situation. That's true, too, yeah. A lot, um, of, a lot of murders, and yeah. they just, as long as they can get back in their car, they're seemingly going to get away. Right. It's This movie feels like, very much intentionally, one long, bad, like, ashroom, ash mushroom, acid trip, whatever kind of horrible hallucinogenic trip certainly was inspiring for Oliver Stone when he put together this movie. Well, they do take mushrooms in the desert. At one point, I actually f- like freeze-framed it when they were passing when they were clearly hiding the drugs from yeah. while the cops were after him. Mm-hmm. And just to be like, "Oh, those are supposed to be mushrooms. Those are supposed to be mushrooms." And then if I just let it keep playing, he says a second later, he's like, "Taking mushrooms." Yeah. Like he just <laughs> declares it. He's like, "Yes, I'm taking hallucinogenic mushrooms." Yeah, it's mushrooms. This um, movie smells like the 1990s. Yeah. Right? What does that smell consist of? If people want to know what... food, grease, and blood. What the 90s smelled like, it was burnt rubber and natural born killers. Yeah. Yeah, this movie also... Um, oh, what was it called? Oh, I had it and I lost it. What, what is it? it? Oh, um, Requiem for a Dream. Oh, yeah. That one's really tough to Which, watch. That's a huge... That's That in this movie, it's like a one and done. Yeah, watch it once. You'll never really want to watch it again. I could watch Natural Born Killers again before I'd watch Requiem for a Dream. I'd go the other way. I'd watch Requiem before really? I watch this again. But I also just watched this, and I haven't seen Requiem in probably ten years. See, I'm the same. I haven't seen Requiem in a very long time. But uh-huh. I remember being like, I don't need to see that again. Yeah, I can't even remember specifics. I know it's heroin, and I know like there was some scene, and I'm just like, this is too much. I can remember some specific scenes, but. The vibe of the movie, I happen to remember this about uh, Requiem for a Dream, is that you. So your average film, your average like ninety minute two hour film has like six to nine hundred cuts in it, as in going from one scene to another scene. Yeah, even if it's the same, not maybe not necessarily scene shot. That's what it is. Going from one shot to a different shot. Okay. This movie has like three thousand. Really? And so does Requiem for a Dream. Wow. It has like crazy amounts of cuts. Oh. And that's what it feels like. It was just an onslaught throughout this whole two hour movie. 40 minutes in, I was like, can we just take a break? Like, yeah. can we just have a one shot that goes on for a while and two people are talking or whatever? But no, this movie just keep on 
coming at you, coming at you, coming at you. And it's coming at you, and it's like bullets to the head and knives to your throat and yeah. like constant murders all over the place. The closest thing you get to a reprieve is like Juliette Lewis dancing <laughs> to some like Indian music or something. Before she's sexually assaulted and then murders everyone in a <laughs> yeah. diner. And uh, everybody is sexually assaulted. Yes. Or, ha- or has victims. traumatic, um, what do they call it, flashbacks yeah. to a time they were sexually assaulted. Uh, you know, trigger warnings, rapings, par- incestual sexual stuff, just brutal. Yeah. Ronnie Dangerfield giving a performance of a lifetime. So I read uh-huh. this that he was given no lines. Yeah. That he was just like given to Adlib be such a son of a bitch father. He didn't even know the cameras were rolling. <laughs> he's, just, he's just introducing himself to the cast. <laughs> Like, bitch, make me a sandwich. I mean, and then they put that laugh track in. I mean, it, it was funny, but it's, I mean, it's like dark and it, gross. It's funny on certain moments where it's not as biting. And then Rodney Dangerfield says something awful and they laugh and you're like, oh, I'm starting to feel. Yeah, it's more, Ugh, it's more you know, cringe. Yeah. But the laugh track is like, it's, it's so over the top and cartoonish. Like we said, this was his only ever dramatic role. He's not a, com- every other thing Rodney Dangerfield was in had comedic purpose this he's purely just like an asshole is it the comedian's dream to be able to just be like okay you are the biggest piece of shit asshole go you can't be there's nothing you can say that will go too far right go too far and you're like i don't know (laughs) it can go pretty far yeah we want you to i mean rape your daughter that makes me wonder what wound up on the cutting room floor that oh, they didn't God. use of what Rodney yeah, said. What did it take for Oliver Stone to be like, okay, that was too much? Yeah, yeah. Be like, pull it back a little bit, Rodney. Pull it back a little bit. Satire. I guess we didn't mention that. That's what it's listed as. It is a satire. Of what exactly? I feel like it's a satire of modern society. Not to get too heady about right, it. Right, right. Like, yeah. You know, it hits on some very American things. Gun violence, you know, drugs police right it's weird it's like it's it's an it's a it's an important movie but like but it's trying not i don't know it's weird i guess it's an important movie i don't know well uh, that's what i mean it's like is it trying to be an important movie stream it or don't stream it mike i mean if you want to know what the 90s smelled like Uh uh-huh you can stream it but i i would not they don't make that candle (laughs) (laughs) you can just buy the candle you could skip the movie yeah i know i honestly i i think i say skip I'm going to go skip as well, surprisingly. Yeah. This is not a bad movie or like an... It's certainly not a badly made movie. And it's a culturally relevant. Robert Downey Jr. and uh, Will, Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, Tommy Lee Jones. Who, who's that other guy? Who's the guy the that plays the detective? Skignetti. Skignetti. What's I his name? his real name. Oh, whoever that guy is. And uh, this actress, Juliette Lewis, she's great. Yeah. And, uh, you know... I never found her attractive in other films. This one really did it for me. Oh, I was going to say. This one I was like, no, she's girl is. She looks great. Firecracker. Uh, Woody Harrelson looks great. Yeah. No, it's. I'd bang Woody. (laughs) (laughs) White jeans and a white (laughs) t-shirt. I love Robert Downey Jr.'s character. I had I could not believe that he was Australian for this whole movie, <laughs> and apparently the role wasn't originally supposed to be Australian, like that guy. Yeah, he's supposed to be an American reporter. Robert Downey Jr. went to Australia to like shadow their biggest tabloid, you know, shock jock, shock jock kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. 
And when he came back doing the voice, he just came back doing that Australian accent. He did so much cocaine, he became Australian. Yeah, he coked himself into another hemisphere. (laughs) (laughs) It was the 90s, man. Yeah. I don't know if this is before or after him going to jail. I think it's after. I'm not sure. I don't know. But apparently he was just doing that accent for Oliver Stone. And Oliver Stone was like, yeah, the role's Australian now. Like, you, you keep do, keep that up. You know what I mean? <laughs> I yeah, I like the character. Uh, and then he becomes. Then he just joins them and starts murdering people in the prison. Yeah, it's just like out of control. But that's every part of this movie spirals out of completely out of your you know realm of possibility and realities. Yeah, you kind of think at first that, especially because some scenes are in black and white and then or some shots are in black and white and then some shots are in like a red hue, blue hue, some are regular color. It's like so at first I'm going, "Oh, these are unreliable narrators." Like maybe these murders aren't even really happening or if they are happening, maybe it's not going down the way you they are say questioning they are. things as you watch. Yeah. But then by the end it becomes so crazy and out there and just honestly unrealistic. Where Completely. You go, you go, no, this is just satire. This right. is just like them going, let's take this, uh, let's take a violent shootout somewhere in the southwest of America and dial it up to 18. And what? And then what the news reaction, the bloodthirsty media's reaction to what, what you, how much you can show and just don't yeah. you want to see more of this? Look at all this killing. Look at this romantic couple, uh, Mickey and Mallory. They say it over and over. Yeah, they idolize them. Teenagers are talking on MTV about how if I was a serial killer, I'd be Mickey. Right. Which I, I don't think it goes that far most of the time. It's, I mean, the movie does you know, on purpose go too far, but, but they're pointing out, yeah, what the reality is. It's like Bonnie and Clyde meets honestly, the movie network. You got to watch network. I want to see Bonnie and Clyde. (laughs) You never seen Bonnie and Clyde? No. The original? Never seen it. Oh man. I wonder if it's on Netflix. Why? (laughs) (laughs) You son of a bitch. Um, No reason. I should watch now. I think we've brought it up before, but it's a running gag between me and a fellow comedian, Lori Palmentari. She's been trying to get me to watch this movie for years, and I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's classic. But as me and you have stated, too, we don't like being pushed too far to watch something. At a certain point, if somebody tells you you got to watch something one too many times, you're never going to watch it. It's like, watch me. Yeah, watch me, not watch it. I got something for you to watch. Me. (laughs) Never never watching that crappy movie you want me to watch. I'm going to have you watch me, not watch the movie <laughs> shout we watch together. Right. Shout out Lori and her podcast, Scary Monsters. She yes. watches horror movies. Horror movies. Her and uh, Nick Griffin. A little narrow-minded, if you ask me. <laughs> Just horror movies? Just horror? Just horror movies. Oh, okay. Ooh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> we start shitting on other podcasts? <laughs> Our friends' podcasts? Um, speaking about all this hyper-violence. Oh, that's another one. Literal, little ultra, ultra-violence. What? Uh, Clockwork Orange. Some of this Oh, yeah, me okay. Just that brutal, like, teenage yep. or young 20, you know, young person just... No regard for human life. Yeah, been a lot of rapings. Yeah, a lot of rapings. And that one. I was talking about this on another podcast recently, but were you ever into, not into, but Whoa. during like the early days of the internet, Okay, you'd see some crazy videos. Oh, I remember when, was it was it Saddam Hussein? Was, he was a dictator in the was 90s. The, was he the guy? No, there was a, I forget now, maybe, I don't know, somebody, and it's like he's beheaded. Yeah, yeah, but, beheading videos. But for me, it was like videos. the first one, and I mean, it's first one I saw. Yeah, but I think like a lot of people, it was a whoever it was, it was, oh, a, it was pro- a lot of people's first. It was a prominent like figure, mm-hmm. and the internet was yeah. And I remember being like, 
I did watch it and, and it was like I don't I don't ever want to watch that again. I don't like this sort of thing. I uh, know I I did not yeah. I did not go and venture down that rabbit hole. No, no. Especially in the early age of uh, early age of the internet where people would just make a website there was no policing anything. Just a website you're scrolling you see some shit that is illegal probably to see right. or like certainly shouldn't be do- a snuff film essentially. Yeah, it's a of, of real actual violence. Yeah, I'm I, I'm sure it still exists somewhere. I mean, I, I'm very into watching, like, uh, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't into watching, like, public fight videos. Right. There's subreddits where it's, like, public freakouts or documented fights, and it's just kids in high school yeah. duking it out in the bathroom. Neither of them know how to fight. They're yeah. just swinging wildly. The whole thing lasts 30 seconds. I like a good justice-served fight, but there is also the thing where, like, all right, someone's being a bully, and they get knocked out. I'm like... Well, that's, that's what fucking happens. But then once you start, like, punching this guy who's now on the ground, cold, knocked out, I'm like, oh, I feel bad. You like, know what I, I see? Nowadays, what, what you see, and you'll just stumble upon it, not even looking on Twitter, yeah. and it'll be, like, a, maybe a, a Nest camera, like, from somebody's front of their house or uh-huh. for whatever, whoever's taping it, and someone just with a gun and shooting another person. You get to watch this video of someone getting shot. Someone, like, defending their property? Or the home invasion. Any reason. Anything, yeah. Any reason. The ring doorbells have added a whole new section. And of you like, just get to watch someone walk out and point, pull the gun out and just blow somebody away. It's like, this is, you like, this shouldn't just be, I shouldn't just be able to just scroll on this while I'm having a coffee and I get yeah. to watch someone just get <laughs> full of lead. I know it's America, but right. like, yeah. can we put a warning label There's on no this? There's no shortage of like people getting shot, people, violent interactions. I mean, it's crazy with the police, right. between civilians, who knows? I just saw this morning a video from New York City yesterday where a car is like pushing around an SUV and finally gets the SUV to, to a stop. And this guy fucking gets out and like robs the guy in the SUV of that. a backpack. I saw that. It's riveting though. Yeah, it's no, like, it's, you, you know what I mean. You can't. It's kind of like how can I not watch this? It's a little weird because it almost feels like something was off about that. Like the guy has a Mercedes. Yeah, and he's just banging this thing up for however much cash is in a pretty small bag. Yeah. Like it couldn't be that much money. Like it could it, be drugs. Could be hard it, drugs. I guess it could be drugs that's valued even higher. A backpack full of cash. So you can get a couple hundred thou in there. I but think, that's right? exactly yeah, a couple hundred. Yeah, I guess a couple hundred grand, my, maybe. My bigger thought would be like, it's New York City. Like, you're in a car. You're not getting away with this. You know what I mean? Someone's got you on right. camera. Yeah. Someone's going to trace the license plate. That's why it's suspicious to me. Like, it could be an undercover thing going on there. Something yeah, weird. Yeah, you think so? I don't, anything's po- anything anything is, is possible. Anything is possible, yeah. You're getting one angle from one... I mean, shit, you just saw this Phone, as well. You know. Speaking about, like, hyper-violence and things being documented in the news and stuff, I'm sure you saw... Who was it? The president of or some politician in some country? I don't think I saw it. Almost got assassinated. The video. Oh, the gun jammed. The gun jammed, and the guns in her nose. It's up her fucking nostril. I didn't see it, but I read what happened. And this woman, it all happens in four seconds, but you clearly see this woman. Oh man, that video could have easily been woman gets her head blown off. Yeah, brutal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is the JFK assassination on video? They do, right? Yes. Somewhere? The, what's it called? Back the, into the left? Zutruder? Zutruder film? Is it the, something like that, so yeah. So whatever the name of the guy who was filming it or Have something like that. Have you ever watched like that? that? Yeah, of course. I, I don't think I've seen that. That's another Oliver Stone movie. JFK. JFK. Yeah. Hey. That's a long movie. I don't... I've never seen it. Well, how, do you, how do you feel about Oliver Stone? Are you a fan? 
I like some of the. He did the Doors with Val Kilmer. Me and you love that movie. Do you? We I'm spoke about this. Okay, yeah, I like yeah, yeah. I like that movie. I love the Doors. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a I'm a decent Doors fan, but that movie is fucking great. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I know that like politically, he's super like progressive, liberal, and like borderline conspiracy. Yeah. Guy, but he's also like boots on the f- boots on the ground guy. Like he's been places and done shit where it's like. I mean, he knows more than I do. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's tough to know. I, I mean, I think uh, I just go film by film. I don't know. Sure, yeah. You know? It's like I still go back and watch those Cosby shows. They're great. Do you? <laughs> 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 no, I'm joking. But, like, I, you know, I'm not a guy who's just going to throw... Listen, a lot of people worked on those shows. It's going to be ruined because of this one piece of shit, you know? You know what? what he had an ugly sweater? Is yeah. that what we're mad about? Is the DP not going to work again no, because well, he happened, his boss happened to be a monster? <laughs> Uh, so no, I don't have any, you know what? I don't have any really super strong feelings about Oliver Stone. I know some people do. Yeah. I know him to be, I mean, he's well regarded. Well, it's one of those things that during the time he was like at the time of Vietnam or whatever, he was probably out very outspoken against it, all this shit. And like that was at the time seemed anti-patriotic to a lot of people. But I think as time goes on, it's sort of like he was the only one of the few that was like brave enough to to reflect the counterculture. Maybe he was right about some things. But again, I'm, t- I'm talking way out of school here. I don't know enough. That's right. That's what we do on this podcast. Yeah, there you go. We make horrible claims. Not horrible, but <laughs> out there claims that can't be backed up. You know he, what I mean? He made some history thing where it was like the history of, uh, of the United States according to Oliver Stone or something like was that. Was that like a two-parter? It was, yeah, it might have, might have been a couple parts and it was very interesting. I heard him on Rogan once and I was like, I, I thought I was like, this guy sounds like a smart dude. Joe Rogan? The Rogan. <laughs> the Joe is, Rogan. Is Rogan up to just Rogue? I guess he is. You don't have to say oh, Joe anymore. He's definitely... Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'd say I'm up to Rooney. <laughs> what other Roonies, you know, in show business? Andy Rooney? That guy's been fucking dead for 20 years. Yeah, I guess Andy There's Rooney. There's only one Rooney in show business. <laughs> Dennis Rooney. <laughs> Dennis Rooney. And the Netflix Book Club podcast. <laughs> uh. Andy Rooney. I forgot about him. Yeah, what Mickey are Mickey Rooney. Doing? Yeah, Mickey Rooney. Wait, Wait who's we, Andy Rooney? Hold I think on. that's my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> I'll push him right out of show business, too. You fucking wait and see. You watch me do it. He was a prop act. He was a prop act. Yeah, Mickey Rooney was just what? He was a fat old Irish guy who played in movies in the 40s or some shit? Yes. You're into old time cinema? I think that's I think that's right. It's pretty accurate, right? Sounds right. All I know of Mickey Rooney is that picture of him underneath all those showgirls' legs. Mm-hmm. And he's wearing like a broken top hat. He was a child star. Was he? I think. Oh, and then he just... And then he would continue. He's the first cautionary tale? I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> this movie, Natural Born Killers, was only... It was actually under two hours. Just under two hours. But yeah. it felt a lot longer than that. It felt longer. It was a little tiresome. It was probably one of those 3,000 cuts you were talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After cut 2,400, I was like, guys, <laughs> we're way over the limit here. Jesus Christ, man. Jesus Christ. They said, can you imagine having to edit this film? It was like the hardest thing she's ever done in her life. The really? Said I, I, I believe I that. I believe it, especially with all the different, like you were talking about the colors of scenes. Like it's not yeah. even consistent. You're dealing with all sorts of You got different- Oliver Stone bursting in. He's tripping on acid. <laughs> he's like, it doesn't look <laughs> fucked up enough. It's like, what do you want, dude? The trip in the TP. What'd you think of that? That was kind of cool. I really liked the TP. At first, them going into the TP scene, I was like, all right, I guess we're going to kill this guy. You know, because yeah. that's what the movie is. Them right. going from place to place. Killing a bunch of people and then going to the next place. Usually leaving one person to tell the story. Usually. It's very Bonnie and Clyde-esque. Yeah, is that what they did? Bonnie and Clyde? Did Bonnie and Clyde kill people, though? Uh, Yeah. Oh, well, that's not cool. You can't idolize these killers. Not like this. All right. 
They had to do. They were bank robbers, but yeah. they did kill people. They killed some cops, probably. They killed people. Yeah. All right, maybe we'll watch Bonnie and Clyde. But um, yeah, they get to the TV, and I'm like, once it becomes evident that like, oh no, there's going to be some more exposition. We're going to find out a little bit more about these characters and stuff. Not really making them sympathetic, but kind of just showing that, like, not to be corny, but hurt people hurt people. Well, they're all victims. Everyone yeah. was victim Everyone's, of sexual abuse, basically. Yes. Except for, movie. like, the except for the abusers. You got Skagnetti, who's a piece of shit. No, but didn't they find... Isn't his father, like, brutally murdered in his childhood? Skagnetti, the detective? Yeah, and then he, gets, then he goes into catching killers. Oh, yeah, you're right. He to- We don't see that, I think, but he talks Some, about it, Yeah, right? somehow, and that's why he's, like, so... You know, yeah. invested oh, in getting them or something like that. Yeah. I don't. There's a lot. There's a lot that goes on in this movie. Mickey Knox is dead. <laughs> shoots himself in the face with a shotgun, <laughs> right next to Mickey. Pretty much. I thought to send him in the house for you know. Yeah. Something. I don't know. No, but that's on purpose. That, you know, this whole movie was yeah. to make to make you uncomfortable. I mean, that's right. what I mean. It's like they're tr- constantly trying to be this provocative yes. film. And um, I don't know. One of my favorite scenes in the movie, I'd say, is Juliet. Juliet Lewis, I think her name is. Yeah. Right? I think so. Mallory Knox, she, you know, Mickey shoots the shaman-esque Native American guy. Brutal. And she's just like, bad, bad, oh, And that's like, a, that's a good scene. That's when you're first like, oh, these, they have a concept of bad. Right. Like they do, right. it's not like they don't see right or wrong. That's true. Yeah. Because yeah. she says, she's like, he took us in, he fed us, yeah. he gave us water, blah, blah, blah. And even Mickey is remorseful, but he was, you know, he's tripping out. He was tripping and he's imagining his dad, right? Yeah, he didn't realize, you know, where he was and who who that was in that moment. And I guess he, during the trip, the uh, shaman was trying to exercise. Is that the right word? Kind of, yeah. What's the verb of exorcism? Exorcise the demon. Yeah. And the demon came out and shot him. The sad sickness she had. Um, There was a lot of like, he wasn't. He could speak English, though, because he did at times, but he mostly just talked to them in uh, Cherokee or whatever. Whatever. Know. Yeah. Uh, took Who, a stab at it. Who's to say? Hopefully I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, it's not, it was my favorite scene in the movie. <laughs> it's my favorite scene. I loved him. I also thought it was bad, bad, bad that he got shot. Right. I um, wish the whole movie took place in a teepee. Yeah. I wish more movies took place in a teepee. Did they shoot the kid? I forget. I can't remember. Afterwards, because the kid's like, you're a demon. You did terrible things. You're right. The devil. Yeah. Uh, maybe they do. Maybe they have to. I forget. I don't now. recall if they kill the kid. That's how ultra violent this movie is. Yeah. So many people get shot. Like, I don't remember. Did who they kill shot. that young kid? Don't even remember. Don't know. <laughs> I know they got bit by a bunch of rattlesnakes. Which is, you know, it really pushed like the, the sprint that is that from that on like the second half mm-hmm. of the movie i think i enjoy that a little bit more than the first half of the you movie you like them you like the movie more after they got caught um f- uh, probably from the tp from the tp on from the tp and then they get bit by the rattlesnake they kill a pharmacist and they end up in jail ultimately and uh, and then it's this whole other level where it's like the fame um, but you get to see it from the uh, the reporter side the reporter side yeah the tabloid guy the, the bloodthirsty and even uh, tommy lee jones you know, he gets to feel he's the owner of the prison yeah. and he gets to feel this. I got these guys in here uh-huh. type of thing. And it's all kind of gro- It's so gross. Yeah, it's very gross. There, it, you know, it, it touches a little bit on the uh, like the prison system uh-huh. and how it's very much its own industry. And this is 1994. Yeah. Talking about prisons, talking about ultra violence, talking about guns, talking about uh, the news exploiting, uh, you know, rogue, angry White people with guns. I mean, you want to yeah. go there? <laughs> yeah, sure, I'll go there. You know, so it's uh, and and the you whole got guns, right? I don't. No, I'm new. I live You're in, white and angry. What are you waiting for? I live in the city. 
I just find one. Pick one up off the floor outside. <laughs> okay. Buy one. This is going to Bush. What, do you buy umbrellas too, you idiot? <laughs> you just go into the coat check and say, I left my umbrella here. I left my, <laughs> left my Glock here. I wonder what this movie would look like nowadays if it was made with more of, you know, the internet, everybody having a cell phone. Do they make movies like this anymore? Oh, yeah, sure. That are like this vicious and violence for the, for the sake of it? Yeah, but it's more stylized now, I feel like. Yeah? Even more, well, maybe not stylized, but maybe more bland is what I'm looking for. Like, you watch a John Wick movie, it's got a high, high body count, but it's like dancing almost. Yeah. It's just choreography. Yeah, this one, that's what, yeah, this one is going, really going for, trying to make you uncomfortable. Right. Where is that movie? I think nowadays maybe there's gore. Mm-hmm. They definitely go into gore. You can see some movies where they're just like brutally gory. But yeah. usually you're dealing with like a an element that's supernatural in that case. I was going to say some sort of like horror element where it's like, oh, this, you know, this is a r- literal demon. Whereas this right. is a lot more like whether it's an alien or whatever the case yeah, is. People are psychos. That's what this movie kind of deals with is that even with his, his whole uh, Mickey's monologue or dialogue with the reporter in the prison at the end where he's yeah. about like, everybody murders. It's everywhere. It's in nature. We murder the forests. You call it industrial. I'm still sitting there going like, even though he is right and this does make sense, it's like, shut up. You're yeah. just smart enough. And you see that with serial killers where they're smart enough to just keep playing along or tugging along with right. interviewers and stuff. Yeah. Like um, they finally got the son of Sam killer to admit at one point where he's like, yeah, I didn't hear a fucking dog yeah. barking, but it was a, it was a, it was a line of thought. It was a narrative that you all ran with. It was interesting. You right. ate it up. Well, that you ate it up. Yeah, you ate it up. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know if they really... Let's put it this way. There's no school shooting films. Not to say there should be, but no one's making that movie. I've seen one. <laughs> I have. Oh, I thought you were... I thought no, it's called little... Elephant. Here it is. By Gus Van Sant. Oh, so they did make a movie. It's a dramatization of the Columbine shooting. Okay. They don't use any of the actual names. It doesn't happen at Columbine. It doesn't... Th- those aren't the guy's names. There's no trench coat mafia. But it's very much like, oh, these two guys are supposed to be those guys. Really? And... Uh, when did that come out? Came out l- early aughts. Okay. Two thousand oh, wow. something. Yeah, it was not too long after oh, the shooting. Um and Gus Van Sant, pretty popular director. I was gonna say, is he uh He's the one who did Goodwill Hunting? Yeah, he did Goodwill Hunting. Wow. And um he's also has he has other movies that were big, but but a lot of his movies go under the radar a little bit, or okay. more they're more indie flicks. This was certainly one of them. I watched this movie just because it was Gus Van Sant. Uh-huh. And I was like, he's a good director. Let me check this out. Yeah, you watched by director. Watched it on a third date. Yeah, little awkward. Yeah, little awkward. Yeah, that's romantic. Seeing these guys go from classroom to classroom. If I du- their- if I dumped you, how many people would you kill? <laughs> <laughs> you start trying to make it romantic. There's also like, and I don't know if this was, I don't know if this happened with the Columbine thing or if this was just a little uh, freedom to operate as filmmakers, but there was. You only really see it outright in like act three of the film, but there's like a little gay sexual tension between these two shooters. Of course they do that. And like one of them hops in the shower with one of them one day unannounced. And it's like, oh, this is, there's something there. Yeah. But like, you know, I'm trying to feel up this chick and this this dude's hopping in showers. There's eighth graders getting their heads blown off. It's very dark. It's a very dark movie. Jesus, that's not screaming anywhere, I hope. Uh, there was a date for though. Yeah, yeah. What'd you guys watch the nine eleven remake? 
<laughs> we watched Loose Change. <laughs> I don't know what it is. That's the uh, document, the 9-11 conspiracy documentary. Oh, okay. I was working at Carvel in like 10th grade. Guy comes in one day. I'm the only one in the store. He gets like a cup of soft serve vanilla. I ring him up, give him his change. I'm like, all right, buddy, have a nice day. You can scoop that ice cream right into my vanilla hat. It's also a bowl. What? I meant to say. <laughs> what the fuck? What? My tinfoil hat. Oh, it's also a bowl. That would have made more sense than wow. my vanilla hat. We'll edit that out. No, we won't. Um, <laughs> but he proceeds. I go, all right, man, have a nice day. And he just go, oh, I'll eat it here. And there's, there's fucking seats at the front of the store and a little like lean to or whatever. Yeah, I've, been, you know, I've been in a Carvel. You've been to a Carvel. Yeah. This guy stays by the counter and he just starts casual talk about, you know, 9-11 was an inside job. Whoa, really? You know, they knew about it. How old is he? There's a He's a grown-ass man, 45, with a suit on. Okay. Loose tie, though, because it was like the end of the day, clearly. Yeah. And he goes, time to talk some conspiracy with a high schooler. Whoa. And bother him. He fucking talked to me for like eight minutes and I kept just being like, all right, man, like I'm not <laughs> interested. And he just very casually eating ice cream. Talking about how the Jews were behind. No, that's not what he said. But he was like, the government did it, basically. Everything you know is a lie. And you got to watch this documentary called Loose Change. Holy crap. And that was the first time I heard about... I would hear about Loose Change a bunch of times more over the years. Then It became the reference for like 9-11 conspiracies. Right, right. Was he eating a cone or a cup with a spoon? A cup with a spoon. Okay, better than... If he's just standing there talking to you, licking a cone... I would have been like... Take, you, you take know, that pretty mouth of yours and get out of here. <laughs> you know, 9-11's an inside just dripping out of the bottom of the cone on his shirt. <laughs> he's got ice cream all over him. He's biting the bottom of the cone, sucking it out like a gerbil at his water fountain. He's just like, you know. Yeah. Why do you think they didn't go to work that day? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Anal and 9-11. We had all the... I mean, but that's this is the movie. All right, so I looked up some things about the movie. Okay. If we sure. want to play this game, since we both said skip. Yeah. Uh, what do you think it is on Rotten Tomatoes, the aggregate score? <sighs> We're going by how people felt, right? It's I no the, the aggregate, so it's the one of that's... The, of both? However they do it. Let's say 70%. 48. 48. Pretty I will, accurate. I will say this. I think that older movies sometimes don't get the credit. They suffer long term because people will come back and review them 10 years later when it's not like... Bingo. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes came out later and you're getting newer generations using it especially Mm. and maybe the cultural relevance or how it was accepted at the time is completely lost. Maybe it's there to some extent. There's some people that are like older using it and maybe... But So anyway, I know some older movies because I I, I don't have an example. That'd be nice for the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But sometimes you go back and look up a movie and it's like, oh, that was a good movie. And then you see the scores like, whoa. And it's like, no, it wasn't. That movie was great. Wizard of Oz is a 12%. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but that's the thing. Those classics, Those they classics all are through the roof. But a movie like this that's almost on the fringe of being a classic. So funny you bring say it like that uh-huh. because it's on some list. It's like the eighth most controversial film of all time. I could see that. So it is Especially a, again at the time. It's a polarizing film. Did you hear the story in your research that uh, there was a big lawsuit there were some kids, or maybe not kids, I don't know, they could have been 20, 30 years old, but some young people uh-huh. dropped acid, okay. watched this movie. Yeah. Later in the night, they wound up shooting, either one of them shot the other one, and then also shot, like, I don't know, a clerk at a gas, some shit like that, you know what oh, I mean? Like, no. they fucking oh, shot some people. Yes, it did. It said there was some copycat uh, murders that happened, that occurred after this. And they said that uh, 
Oliver Stone should be held accountable they tried for to things say that. that his movie made people do, which during the 90s was a big thing. Nine Inch Nails, The Simpsons, Beavis the, and Butthead. West Memphis 3. There was all this shit. It was like, don't watch this stuff. Yeah. We're, we're losing our kids to rock and roll type vibe. Yes, yes. When I was a real... Granted, I was in second grade, so maybe I was a little too young to watch The Simpsons, but I was a smart kid. I got most of it, and the stuff I didn't get, I didn't get. Whatever. I would have let you watch The Simpsons. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Thanks, Mikey. My parents would try to not let me watch it. I almost always was able to get away with watching it. But, like, do you remember... <laughs> the Simpsons. In later years, like, I remember South Park. Oh, God. You can't watch South Park. South Park is right. ruining our kids. Now it's regarded as, like, a cultural milestone. Yeah. You know what I mean? It is weird. When Fight Club came out, all I wanted to do was watch Fight Club on HBO. My parents were like... You cannot watch that movie, which only made me want to watch it even more. Which is always how it goes. Yeah. You know, all these people banning books across Texas, if we can get off yeah. for one second. Sure. You pick a movie for a banned list, you send someone in and make a whole big thing and uh -huh. pull it out of wherever you're going to pull Send you, in cops in. Whatever you do, uh -huh. you are enshrining this book yeah. into the culture. Right. This is going to be remembered forever now. Yeah. You know how you get someone to not never mention the freaking yeah. book. No one's going to even know. No one reads books. Roll your eyes at the mention of it. Maybe at most. It's like, oh, you, are you scared of that book sitting on a dusty shelf in a library? Yeah. No one's going in there. These kids ain't reading. Nobody's reading. Unless that book gets turned into an anime. <laughs> <laughs> Real? Like, yeah, seriously. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, it's a weird thing that, you know, and it, it happens politically too. You point something out, you get, and then you overcorrect, and all of a mm -hmm. sudden, you are now, you're making sure everyone learned about the thing that you hated so much. Yeah. What was it? Reagan's wife with the PMRC? What's that? I forget what it stands for, but it was basically the reason why we have uh, explicit content, the little black and white things. Oh, on, is that the, CDs the rating shit. system came in? Yeah, yeah. Fair, yeah, exactly. Parental advisory. PG-13, PG-14. Yeah. I remember when they started putting that stuff on television because you'd have it for movies always, the grading system. Uh, but then when I was like, I don't know, probably early teens, they started putting like TV mature, TV whatever. Mm -hmm. And when I saw that, I was just like, this is fine. I understand. But if you're going to have TV mature, then it's like, let them say F-bombs. Let them fucking show me titties. Like, <laughs> let it rip, baby. Yeah, you're labeling it as mature. so yeah, Mature me up. Yeah, mature me up is right. Then I, I visited family in Ireland, and I was like, they show titties and curse <laughs> on the television after 8 p.m. Come on. Topless nudity outside of the United States is treated completely different. Yeah, very chill. They're just like, we got very nipples. Chill. Yeah. Everyone's got nipples. What's the matter with you people? I got tits. Forget, <laughs> nips. Forget just nipples. I got tits. I know what they look like. <laughs> they don't have the same form, though. But we're not going to get into that. I still wouldn't show them on TV. <laughs> I wouldn't show mine on TV either. I don't. Ugh. Are there boobs in this uh, movie? I don't think there are. Are there no boobs in this movie? I don't think so. I not don't even think with so. the. We're not even when he's with the hooker in the. Uh, when Scagnetti's with the hooker and he starts choking her. Jeez. Which is fucked up. He said a moment ago, he's like, I won't hurt you. And then he immediately hurts her. <laughs> Come on, man. At least be like... Speaking of that, I mean, what else is fucked up? They get this other girl, the couple, uh, uh -huh. Woody, Mickey and Mallory, get yeah. a, another girl. She then becomes jealous at some point because uh -huh. she's like... The girl was like halfway a hostage, but clearly they were trying to... At least Mickey was trying to make it a three-way. Yeah. He has sex with her. I guess he's raping her, right? And then he murders her. And he also, while, he's, while we see these scenes of him having sex with her... Raping her. Doesn't she have the knife at one point and he, she's like dragging it across his chest? That's another one where I'm like, listen, <laughs> uh, she's going to fucking kill him. You know what I mean? She's still 
even if she's into his vibes, it's and, like we don't know why she's bloodied and in her underwear in that hotel room. And then Mallory goes out, finds a auto mechanic. This poor bastard gets hot on him. Like he's, you know, he's, I, initiates with him. She initiates. He's like, it's it's happening. Yeah, it's finally, finally happening. <laughs> <laughs> he's been working under cars. The whole reason I took the night shift. He's his hands have smelled like motor oil his whole life. <laughs> Well, dreaming for one day when a girl just doesn't care and, yeah. g- and gives it to him on a hood of a Thunderbird. Just makes it easy for him. Just says, no work. Just here. here they are in the bed of the pickup truck. She's finally given. And then, you know, two minutes into making out, she has a flashback of her father. She's like, how dare you do this <laughs> thing I demanded from you? <laughs> and just murders that guy. He's like, and he was just like all about consent. She's like, do you want to touch me? He's like, uh, yes. <laughs> if that's okay. And she's like, go ahead. Yeah, I felt bad for him. Yeah, so those two are just a couple of, I guess, you know, but it's violence for the sake of violence. And yeah. and then he does have that, I'm going to call it a diatribe or whatever, but he goes on to say, you know, violence is more human than anything else. Uh, you know, there's nothing more true than violence. And ki- what's killing is that is so natural. If you don't live a life unless you're only living when you're killing. And it's like, yeah, I get in the animal kingdom. Weren't you delivering meat three weeks ago, living a relatively normal life, probably? I don't know. Yeah, That's I guess. That's kind of how they show it. Right. You know, he's a, delivering meat to the uh, Mallory's house, puts the moves on her. She's into it. So then they hit the road. Right. And, uh, well, they come back. Well, the thing is they go and they, like, come back and murder the, yeah, the family. Kill, kill which the I didn't think they should have killed the mom until she goes, you never did anything. Right. I thought that was pretty heavy because I was like, oh, shit, maybe this mom is just as guilty. But she's also like getting the shit kicked out of her by the husband. It's a real situation yeah. for some people and it's brutal. And these two solve everything with murder. Yeah. At the end of the day, they're killing everything they can. Yeah. They even killed Robert Downey Jr., who joined their violence. Yeah. They were like, he, they arguably, he was converted by them. Mm-hmm. In real life, not like the legions of people they must, in their egos, believe or like... We're going to come around. We're going to, you know... Like the prison guards, they... Yeah. they the riot is caused not because they or- orchestrated it. It's because they, they see and hear him on TV. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so Robert Downey Jr. starts murdering people. He was just a journalist. Mm-hmm. And they still murder him. <laughs> Even that didn't get them off the hook. Even though he was the megaphone they wanted, clearly. Once they got caught, they're like, all right, well, I'd still rather be a spectacle. Right. They want to be a spectacle. They want to be together. That's like the two. Probably not in that order. It's be together, then be a spectacle. But they're certainly, they always left one person behind. You know what I mean? They weren't trying to be low key about it. And in this case, it was the camera. Yeah. And then also the recording. When he's at the pharmacy, he gets off on seeing them being talked about on the TV. He's like, oh shit, look at this. Mallory, get over here. They get the kick out of it, you know? Bitten by a rattlesnake. They're like comedians in a lot of ways. You know, these two, they're just... uh, any press is good press. But they're actually killing when they say it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think this movie You don't have to go back. Love. You don't have to go back and watch this. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, there's other movies where I'd be like, you can kind of go and watch them. And, but here's the thing. Even if you said, like if someone said, oh, I love that movie. It's one of my favorites, like a cult classic. I'd say, okay. Like I wouldn't think that that person's a bad person either. No, I'd be like, that's not my taste. Yeah, fully, just like, know? oh, you thought that was like, you know, you were into it. It's like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I'd know? also be like, when was the last time you watched it? Did you watch it 10 years ago? Give it another watch. You might not. You might be like, eh. It's very true. Nostalgia's thick and mm-hmm. strong. Yeah. And long. And hard. <laughs> Woody Harrelson, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Woody Harrelson. 
1994 too. Woody Harrelson. He, yeah. This is like this guy hasn't aged a day. When in did like 30 che- years. When did Cheers end? It might have like it might have just <laughs> it might have just ended. So he's Woody in Cheers, right? It might have just that. ended the late ni- early 90s. I think King Kingpin might have came out the same year. Like this is when he's Dude, like yeah, Kingpin is right around this movie. Kingpin, by the way. If you haven't seen that, folks. One of the funniest, greatest movies of all time, in my opinion. What a great comedy. Hilarious movie. What a great comedy. It's a little, like, scary at times. Yeah. it get, There's, like, some jump scares that are, like, actually scary. Yes. Uh, Bill Murray plays, like, a particular douchebag. One of the best characters. Um, And, again, is he acting? Is it just a, a mountain of cocaine he's doing? Mm-hmm. Whatever. You know those three strikes that he gets? Is Burt McCracken at the end? Uh, okay. Those were real strikes. Oh, you actually bowled Bill them? Murray actually did it. And the response <laughs> from the audience, you know, Bill Murray's fucking bowling strikes in front of you. He's screaming, yeah! His hair's all fucked up. Yeah, man. That movie did not do great at the box office. Yeah, I heard that. But Big a cult, cult hit. It came right. around. And, uh, well, because comedies, you know, as they are, you can be formulaic, colored by numbers, as Dennis really yes. likes to say. And that one is, like, worth watching. That yeah, one's actually sure. actually worth it. Um, so anyway, I don't know what that's. So what's the point? I guess the what's point their is their brothers' names, the directors. They did me, myself, and Irene. They did Dumb and Dumber. Oh, geez, the it's, what brothers? It's not the Farrelly co- brothers. Oh, Far- Farrelly, Farrelly, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know what they're doing now because that was their thing. They were like, they were like Tarantino, where it's like every three years, Farrelly brothers is gonna put out a hilarious movie. Do they not make movies anymore? I think they made Dumb and Dumber, or okay. whatever the sequel was. Yeah, the sequels. But I never saw the sequel to that. Not the newest one. I might have seen Dumb and Dumber er. when they're young. Oh, wait. How many sequels are there? Well, there's the one where they're dumb, and then there's <laughs> the one where they're the actual sequel that Jim Carrey and Jeff Jeff Lloyd? Jeff Daniels? Greg Daniels. Jeff Greg Daniels? Not Jeff. Just Greg Daniels? Oh, That's not his name. Good thing we do a movie podcast. The original podcast. actors. <laughs> the original actors. They came back, and they did it with the, with the directors. Jim it's uh, Peter goes. Farley, Bobby Farley. Those are their names? Farley, Farley, whatever. Farley, okay. Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels. Is uh-huh. that what we said? And Jim Carrey. Yeah. Well, we got that cleared up. Yeah. Okay. It was Dumb and Dumber, Dumb and Dumberer, and then Dumb and Dumber 2, T-O, spelt. Oh, okay. So there was three of those. Yeah. Yeah, Dumb and Dumber, 1994. But you mentioned Tarantino. Tarantino wrote the story of this. He mm-hmm. gets story credit. I believe it's the first script he sold. And then Oliver Stone, from what I read, Oliver Stone really chops it up, Mm -hmm. really rips it apart. And since um, Quentin Tarantino has, like, disowned it. What I heard was that Tarantino watched just the first, like, five minutes, the opening diner scene, and before, like, the first few minutes, and he goes, I want my name taken off of this. Really? That's what I read, yeah, that he really... But that's what happens when you sell a script. It's no longer your script. Mm-hmm. Just be happy you got paid for it. And I'm sure he's over it. He's had a very well good career. I wonder. I mean, he's he's an eccentric he guy. Be, he is. Yeah, he might be salty about it. Well, he even said, like, he said he wouldn't work with some of the actors and actresses if they played parts in this film, uh-huh. like Juliette Lewis. But he all, then had her in, uh, not Fear and Loathing, uh, Dusk Till Dawn. Okay. So, like, you know, he might have said some strong things, but I think he got over it. Did he never part. work with Woody Harrelson? Is he never in a Quentin Tarantino movie? Um, I don't think he is. Is Woody in Pulp Fiction? No, right? I don't think so. I don't think he's worked with Woody since. So maybe maybe it's uh, him. Maybe, or it might just be happenstance, you know? Man, we're wildly speculating on something yeah. that people definitely know. This just in. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino hates Woody Harrelson. <laughs> movie people definitely know the insides yeah. of this like folklore story for sure. 
Listen, this is a casual comedy podcast, okay? But his name's not taken off of it. I mean, it it's says Oliver Stone right on Netflix. Yeah. So, Yep, written by Quentin Tarantino. I got to watch now True Romance. That's one of the only other things I haven't seen that Tarantino was involved in. Okay, I think I might have seen that. Same thing where I think he wrote it, but he didn't direct it. All right, I'm not sure. Brad Pitt's in it as a stoner. And I don't, sure. know, I don't know what else it's about, really. Yeah, either. I'd have to go back and look. Yeah. Let's wrap this up. Good. My name's Dennis Rooney. Joined here with Mike Tui. Any final thoughts? I'm going to stick with Don't Stream It. Yeah, this is not like a valueless movie, but it's just, it's not like a movie. And keep in mind, last week I said, watch Look Both Ways. So <laughs> take that with a grain of salt, everybody. Yeah, I mean, you can skip it. Like I said, uh, if you want to know if you're a young person and you didn't live in the 90s, mm-hmm. and you'd like to know what the 90s smelt like, maybe you could watch this movie. Your apartment smells like the 90s. There you go. That's because I haven't showered. Follow me on Instagram at Dennis Rooney 7 I'm happy to say, Tui, we cracked a thousand. Finally got over that hump. Oh, on Instagram? On Instagram, so uh, I appreciate that. God bless. Follow the podcast Instagram, Netflix Book Club Podcast. Yeah, talk shit. Write us some comments. I'm Mike Tui underscore Mike Tui uh, on all social media. And every Sunday night, if you live in Brooklyn, come to Eastville Comedy Club. Great comedy show. We are uh, we're doing comedy every Sunday night. You never seen Bonnie and Clyde? No. The original? Never seen it. Oh, man. I wonder if it's on Netflix. Why? <laughs> <laughs>